0: Hello people and welcome to episode 12 of the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope everyone's doing very well. Thanks very much for joining me once again. Or if this is your first venture into the podcast, then thanks very much for picking this out of the millions of podcast options available. It's very much appreciated. And Before I get on to this week's guest, I'd just like to share the results of the poll that we carried out following my conversation with Beans on Toast. It has been clarified that the correct name of the game is Rock Paper Scissors and not as Bean states in his song 1980s Sagittarius Paper Scissors Stone. Um, It's a great song, but he was definitely wrong there. So thanks for everyone that got involved with that and helped to clear it up. I've added um, that song to the When in Yorkshire podcast Spotify playlist along with a few other tracks from Beans on Toast, and also a few other select tracks from previous musical guests. So do check that out if you're looking for examples of what they, uh, what my previous guests have created. It's all there in one helpful, handy place. So check that out. It's just under When in Yorkshire podcast, um, under the playlist section. So yeah, check that out. Thank you. Um, this week's guest then is Nigel Powell he is the mind behind sad song co and the drummer for frank turner and the sleeping souls as well as the post hardcore band dive dive i met nigel ahead of frank turner's show at the first direct arena Um, we had a lovely chat i very much enjoyed talking to nigel and we managed to cover quite a few topics um, along with clarifying that yorkshire and and more specifically leeds is the spiritual home of the Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. Um, We we chatted for quite a while here, um, so long, in fact, that the conversation ended basically due to Nigel being required for sound check, um, which unfortunately did take priority over the podcast that we were recording. Um, I'm not going to give away anything else. We speak about quite a few things, and I had a great time. Um, But I will leave you to discover the rest of our conversation so enjoy episode 12 with nigel powell I'm here with nigel and we are at the first direct arena you are here with frank turner and the sleeping souls i am yeah. i play
1: drums for them and so i'd better be here yes good yes. good <laughs>
0: um you, you've just done two nights in manchester yeah yeah how's that gone
1: uh really good yeah i mean it's um Manchester's always been very kind to us. Not saying any, any I mean, Leeds has as well. Obviously, you, you've crossed um,
0: the uh, you've gone from the red rose to the white rose now, so you've got to be careful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I luckily this is a podcast, so I'm not going to get virtually lynched, hopefully. No, no. But, <laughs> um, but no, it's it, it was it was fun, We, and um. This tour has kind of been a bit weird. We we um, we actually did production rehearsals in Manchester. So we were in Manchester for okay. two days. Then we left Manchester and went to Birmingham and played <laughs> the first show of the tour. And then we had two days off, and then went back to Manchester. Right. So the uh, the whole thing's been a little bit. Well, wait, where am I? What's happening? Yeah. Is it a day off? No, gig today. What? <laughs> but um, but no, it was it was good. We haven't played for weeks, but uh, this band with uh, we're either stupid or cocky because um every time we have a big chunk of time off and then there's a tour coming up i it's it's usually me that says something like maybe we can rehearse yeah (laughs) um and it's everybody kind of goes oh let's just do a long soundtrack on the first day um so uh so we do tend to just show i mean we had these two production days but but a lot of that is people kind of Thinking about lights and yes. looking at yeah, sound yeah. and stuff, so it's Making not it it's pretty. not the same as sitting around in a uh, in a rehearsal room looking at each other, going, "What are you playing there?"
0: Um, <laughs> Am I following? Who's what? Are we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, you know, it's we we've been playing together so long that we just kind of turn up, and you know, ev- even if Frank says, "Hey, we're doing uh, you know some song from Sleepers for the week that none of us have played for yeah um, ten years." You know, it will run, run, run through it, and by halfway through, everybody go, oh yeah! The muscle I memory this. kicks back yeah, in. Totally. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so, um, so I'll kind of, there's a few things I want to chat to you about. Not just, not just sleep in soul's work. Okay. Um, but I'd like to get an idea of how you got into where you are now. Um, so, starting from the very, very beginning, and can you remember your first experience of music in any form? Um, I generally start. Car music was a big one for me. That's kind of my first memories of, of being exposed to music on a regular basis.
1: Um, my my earliest memory that I recognise as having anything to do with music was I had um, a vinyl seven inch of um, uh, there's a there was there's cartoon characters called Sylvester and Tweetie Pie. Yeah yeah, yeah. The you know yeah, yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney Tunes. So uh, Tweetie Pie. Released a single oh, called awesome. "I Tore I Tore a puddy Tap." Oh
0: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, this is coming back now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, um, and I had that, and um, and I kind of my my memory of it is is not so much the song. I remember the song anyway, but uh, you know, and I remember that I really used to like it. Got it on your iPod. Um, but I've I've got a brother who's three and a half years older than me, and um, I did something to piss him off or something like <laughs> that. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I must have been three or okay. something, three, maybe four. And, uh, he knew I liked this record. So he grabbed it and smashed it. Oh no. And I remember being astonished that you could destroy music. I didn't, I, yeah, know, I was yeah. like, what, what? I didn't know this, this, this happened. So, <laughs> um, that doesn't in any way, give us a segue into anything that happens no. later on, but that is my first musical memory. Wow.
0: Okay. And, and just, can you remember the first thing that maybe like the first thing that you bought then the first thing you purchased?
1: Um, well to, uh sorry to not have simple answers but the way I got into it is is kind of um not very linear in a way. I mean I I I liked making noise and I remember constructing um kind of a drum kit of, of okay. a type out of um uh you know like pots and pans and yeah. uh, playing with the back end of wooden spoons and um uh, I was particularly proud. I I didn't really know what a snare drum was, but I knew the sound it made. So I got a, um, I got an old big kind of catering margarine tub that was empty, it didn't have yeah. margarine in it anymore, and um, and I cut up loads of wire and put it in the bottom, you know, just kind yeah, of in, sealed it snap. inside, and then you hit it, and, it goes <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's in my memory, it sounded pretty cool. Yeah, um, how old were you then? Uh, I must have been nine or ten. Okay. Um, that's some and good my, engineering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my brother played guitar and sang. Um, and we used to also play with a folk band at church. Um, right. So we used to kind of muck about with that kind of thing at home. But I, I was never very serious about it. Um, but uh, th- th- my brother's coming up a lot in this. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, hi, Adrian, if everybody <laughs> listens. Um, the, the, the point at which I kind of started to taking it more more seriously i didn't really have a choice um uh when we were on holiday one year our f- house was burgled right and um a lot of the stuff that went was kind of had sentimental value but uh, there was kind of no point in replacing like my mum's engagement ring and stuff right. like that so um when the uh when the insurance money came in my mum said, well, I'm not going to buy another engagement ring. Um, what shall I do with this? And my brother, who needed a drummer, because he was a guitarist, said, you should buy Nigel a drum kit. <laughs> and, and I exact was like, what? Made. Okay. <laughs> um, so we got a drum kit and a book that says to learn how to play drums. And I, I started from there. And, you know, so I guess I kind of have my brother to thank for it because yeah. he, he needed a drummer and he's quite a forceful personality. <laughs> so he's like, you, you're drumming, huh? Okay. Going <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So drums was the first
0: instrument that you. Yeah.
1: Well, I'd I'd, I'd learned piano for a while. I'd, okay. um, uh I'd I'd been a. Um, uh, that that was one of those things where I'd I was we got a piano in the house and I used to play it all the yeah. time. I used to play it for hours. It must have been absolute torture for anybody who had to live there. <laughs> um, and my parents went. Oh, look at that! Nigel's playing playing the piano for hours and hours a day. We should get him lessons. So they got me lessons, and the amount I played at home went down and down and down and down until I was hardly playing at all. Right. And eventually they said, "Oh well, he's not interested anymore," and cancelled the lessons. As soon as they cancelled lessons, I started playing more at home. But yeah, you just it was good. That, the amount of time. Yeah. that You were playing. It, it gave it gave me a lot of the, the basics, and from there, I just learned. Uh, I worked out the whole. Meridian and Genesis back catalogue, and uh, that kind of taught me how to play piano. So I had been playing piano for a while before that, but I was, I'd, I don't know why, but I just, I focused much more on drums and it felt much more me okay. immediately. Yeah.
0: So. Very good. Do you remember your first experience of live music?
1: Yes, uh, I remember I've, I started pictures of the very first gig I did, which was uh, a party at my, at, at uh, me and my brother's, house when uh, our parents were out um and it was also the first time i ever got drunk right um, okay uh, I, and you I, were how old uh i i was 11 i think right so um uh trying early yeah yeah well, I, I i don't drink anymore i stopped when i was 13 <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, it's, when i tell people i don't drink this oh how long well, for and i'm like well about 36 years yeah. now <laughs> um and uh but yeah, so um, they, they went out and uh, we had a party and the band that, you know, my brother's band that I was in, we we played a bunch of covers and, you know, I I remember, I, you know, I remember it quite clearly. I spray painted a backdrop, but we'd, um, <laughs> just going about it the complicated way, oh. we had a, we had a, um, the band were called Cassiopeia. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and we had a logo and everything. But... Um, And we wanted a backdrop, but for some reason, um, uh, rather than doing it on something simple like a piece of fabric, I did it on a huge piece of MDF. I remember (laughs) kind of stenciling it all out, and then spray painting it. This thing weighed a ton, and we kind of balanced it on the dresser behind the drum kit as we were playing. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, yeah, that's that, and then another uh, the first kind of. not in a house gig I did was in a school hall and another band with my brother that we had at school. And then that same band eventually did a show at a pub in London um, a year or so later. And that was, uh, yeah, I, I remember it all. I think the fact that um, I haven't drank all that much means I have got quite yes. a lot of memories of, about all of the stuff that happened. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Excellent. Very good. Great for nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And um, so what, can you think of what your first? Do you remember the first like album that you bought? Or
1: yes, uh, uh, the first single and album I bought were both Adam and the Ants. The oh, first, brilliant! The first, first single was um, uh, Ant Music, and right. then Kings of the Wild yeah. Frontier was the first album, um, and it's I, I'm I'm really glad about that because there's there's quite a lot of times. In life, I find when you go back to something that you thought was amazing when yeah. you were young and then you watch it again and you kind of go, eh, that wasn't so good. I went back and listened to uh, Kings of the Wild Frontier a while ago and it was actually much better than I remembered or appreciated yeah, at the time. Yeah. It's, there's some amazing writing going on on that album and yeah. it's, it's really strong stuff. And also rhythmically very involved, Um so yeah, there was that, and then I went from there to Iron Maiden, and then to Merillion, um, and then to Genesis, and that's kind of um, uh, and there from there to Excess and from there to PJ Harvey, and all those things together kind of created what I wanted to do as yeah. as, as a drummer. Yeah. Excellent.
0: So yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's loads of loads of rhythmically interesting bands there. So, yeah.
1: Sorry if I'm preempting no. you by jumping ahead no, and stuff. No, 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 no. You're trying to keep control, and me. I'm just an anarchist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're a very polite anarchist. <laughs> no, I'm loving it. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of your uh, certainly the stuff that you've done with your sad song co, uh, and also a lot of the stuff that you do with with the Frank Tone and Sleeping Souls. Yeah, it is is always rhythmically very interesting. Well, now I know that you. you you seem to be a bit of a multi-instrumentalist. Is that something that sort of is important across all of the instruments? Or is it something that, that applies mostly to the drums for you?
1: Um, I think no, I, I think it's, it's me and how I apply myself to any instrument, you know, that I, I'm always attracted to um, trying to do something a little bit differently. So yeah. my my kind of artistic philosophy, I, I I think in my head is is pretty clear. I I don't want to be like right out there doing the bizarrest thing in the yeah. world. Not going full prog um, and uh, psychedelic yeah. space rock. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know just kind of only um, tapping pieces of metal very softly yeah. with with an aardvark kind of uh, music. Um, I but to hear that, <laughs> maybe one day. But I I do I like to try and find. Um, a way to twist something just enough that it's it sets it apart from other stuff you yeah. know and uh, you know, and it, it's it's often quite subtle but it, it applies to everything if if I'm doing something that I've heard lots of times before it, it won't kind of engage me so I kind yes of, so I won't pursue it um and it, it it applies a little bit less with Frank because I'm in a different role yeah. with with Frank we're kind of in a Zone between being a session band and and being a proper band in that yeah. you know we we are there to serve his songs and even though we write our, all our own parts yeah the way you approach it is slightly different because you're thinking about his songs and what his artistic sensibilities are yeah so um um but yeah when when I've got a free hand I try and go. I try and do things that on first uh, listen appear to be normal. And then uh, at some point, a, a listener will go, there's something wrong with that, but I can't tell what it is. Yeah. You know, like, not wrong, bad. There's, no, 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 There's no. something different about that, but I, I can't quite pick up on what it is.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll go back a little bit and I'll come okay. back to, to Sad Song soon. Um, with regards to, I, I first came across you with Dive Dive. Yeah. Um, quite a few years ago now. Um, how did that? How did that come about? How did you? How did that band form? Um,
1: uh, well, they they were um, uh, Jamie and Ben and Tarrant were in a band called Dustball with an, with another drummer. Right. Okay. Um, and I was uh, you know around the Oxford music scene in a band called Unbelievable Truth who'd um, uh, been doing quite well, but the singer was leaving. Um, So, uh, I actually bumped into Tarrant in the kind of, there, there was a, there used to be a kind of central office for all the Oxford music people. There was a, there was a promoter there and a guy ran a magazine and a guy ran, um, a label and they were all in one place. And I bumped into him there and, uh, he, um, mentioned that Dustball's drummer was leaving. Um, and, uh, I said, if you need somebody, I'd like to do it. Um. And initially, I think he was a little bit dubious because okay. um, uh, Unbelievable Truth were kind of quiet, acoustic, atmospheric stuff, Yeah. and he was like, "We're fast, young punk kids. What's this guy going to do?" Um But I showed up and kind of did an audition, and they um, they were like, "Oh, I, okay, he can do other stuff as well." Yeah, <laughs> um, boy's got skills. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, nobody actually said that, but uh, hopefully, somebody was, <laughs> it was thinking advice, it. Yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, and it's initially I I just kind of joined casually and then I was like, These guys are really good. I, I think um Jamie is the main songwriter of that band yeah. and I think he's he's really uh, it's, I, I have I I love what he does and as soon as I realised that I was like, Okay, I'm in. Yeah. And uh, um we worked really, really hard. We we kept um we had Everybody says this, but we had bad luck in that we would kind of get to a point and then something would happen and everything would yeah. go Poof. again. And we go, okay, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, yeah. here we go again. Um, and that happened kind of a few times. But but we, t- were, it's still the hardest working tour I've ever done was with Dive Dive because um, we, were, we were out on tour supporting Ruben. Which was actually when we first met Frank, which I'm yes. sure is what you're going to want to find out in a moment. But we were out on tour <laughs> supporting Reuben, and we were also filling in gaps in that tour with some headline shows. But also, um, we uh, we were doing um, school shows. Oh, right. so okay. uh, um, I, the, on the hardest day that I think we've ever done because we were taking our own PA into these school shows as well right okay so Um, load
0: in load out check in yeah wow
1: so we did we did three shows during a day we did a morning assembly we did a and then we did a lunchtime assembly and then a kind of afternoon one right and that was all you know loading an entire PA and backline setting up as quickly as possible (laughs) playing for 20 minutes and usually doing some kind of question and answer stuff with the kids taking it all day and putting back in the van doing that three times and then playing with Ruben that evening um, and that was like by the end we we're like oh
0: yeah I can but, imagine uh, how, did, how did that come about doing the shows in the schools what? well we would, would have loved that
1: yeah for, for, for well, to come to my school yeah oh. well it's, I hope so it was I, I think it was Terence's idea you know just looking for something to kind of say you know get us out to people yeah yeah
0: great way you of know getting r- to the kids
1: yeah it's radio a- weren't touching us or anything and um uh so it was like what can we do to show people that we're a band worth listening to and you know that was the we did lots of stuff but that was that was one of the things we actually found a company that books this kind of stuff right okay um and uh i think they were a bit confused that this young post-hardcore band wanted to do it yeah but um but yeah the, the kids it's funny the, the the teachers were all like, "What the hell is this?" and the kids were all like, "This is fantastic!" Because yeah. we were doing some primary schools as well, yeah. secondary schools as well. It was it was so, all over some kids'
0: first track. experience of live music. Yeah, is, is you yeah, guys yeah come totally smashing their assembly. Yeah, that's absolutely. amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, uh, going to that the, the tour with with Ruben, who are a great band as well, one oh, fantastic a, a band I was in previously. We played with Ruben a couple of times, and oh. so. So friendly as well. I remember, yeah. you know, we were, we were massive fans and saw Ruben would come into a venue near us, and so it was just like hassle the promoter, like, can we, can we play with Ruben? Can we play with Ruben. It's like, yeah. I mean, I remember Jamie coming up, going, oh, "Hi, yeah. So, um, I'm Jamie. I'm in Reuben." I was like, "Yes, yes, I'm definitely yes we know. All like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah." I mean,
1: for, if there's anybody listening to your podcast who doesn't know Reuben, they should yeah. go out and get very fast, very dangerous immediately because yes. it is, I think, the great lost British rock album. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 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 outstanding, perfect. I mean, yeah,
0: I like all of their albums, but that one yeah. in particular it is is amazing. And um, I think I think it even partially influenced we, we went and recorded at Stakeout Studios um, where, where that was recorded and it's slightly different format now um, mm. uh, yeah partly based on the fact that yeah, we can we can afford to go and record where Very <laughs> Fast Very Dangerous was all <laughs> oh, done yeah that, that's decision made excellent um, but yeah so going back to that tour I understand that's kind of one of the first uh, times that you met Frank yeah so
1: um, uh, Ruben were on um, Extra Mile at the time yeah and, uh, this was while Frank was still in Million Dead, yeah. but, um, uh, they were between tours and Frank was at that young part of his life when he didn't like going home. So he was actually, <laughs> he was out selling t-shirts for Ruben. Right. Um, and he was thinking about doing some solo stuff as well, cause, um, relations weren't great in, yeah. uh, um. Uh, in million dead uh, hopefully i'm not repeating everything that frank's no 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 judgment. i purposely skipped <laughs> million dead with frank okay. because it, it's well documented in yeah. other places so yeah um and uh i mean the the way he tells it i don't know if he's just blowing smoke up my ass as they say in america yeah. which is an unusual expression at best <laughs> um uh but he said yeah the the first day, which was in Leeds. At the yes, jo- Joseph's I'm, I'm Wells. claiming.
0: I'm claiming Joseph's Well, and I'm yeah. claiming
1: Leeds as the spiritual home of uh, Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. Souls. That's that's good. I'll I'll yeah. take that. So um, uh, our, our sound check was quite late, and the uh, the sound engineer just said, "All right, uh, let's just play the drums." And I played Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin, just because it's it's something that kind of you know full kit. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Frank said, "Oh, cool." uh I'll talk to these guys and, and we had a dive dive recording thing as well so we got talking to him and Ben said you know I record the dive dive stuff if you want to record some solo stuff you know we'll help out so um that was in 2005 and then the the following year um he he said I want to record some stuff now and um came over to it was uh, the our recording stuff was set up at Terence's house in the basement and yeah. uh we recorded the Campfire Punk Rock EP with him, and then later that year did the Whole Sleepers for the week, and went on tour with him beginning of 2007, and now here we are. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> absolutely. But it's flown by in many ways. Yeah,
0: yeah. You've to, all over. The, I mean, this is a huge tour. This, yeah. I mean, it seems to be broken into a few bite-sized segments. In, yeah, in, in some yeah. ways, but it's it seems to have. It, I'm sure it started ages ago. <laughs>
1: well i mean yeah this it's it's kind of never it's it's felt never ending with frank for a long time like yeah um, uh i i used to read about bands who go you know we finished an album campaign and then we're gonna have six months off and then we're gonna record an album then start again and there was (coughs) it was one year particularly when we did um uh we were coming out of england keep my bones yeah um and we had a month off in the middle of that tour, during which time we recorded all of um, Tape Deck Heart. And then we went immediately back out to continue touring England Keep My Bones. And, and we, it's hard to divide it up, but essentially yeah. we finished the England Keep My Bones tour. And I think it was nine days later, we started the Tape Deck Heart <laughs> tour. And it was like, okay. Good got, time off. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So um, it's it's become a little less absolutely frantic over the last couple of years, which is good. And um, but you know we started this one in April last year, yeah. And uh, there's there's plans going on until after the summer this year. Wow. But you know it's it's a lot less busy. Frank's got a couple of things going on. That, yeah, yeah. I um, mean we're we're having some time off, so I have to try and find a way to amuse myself. Yeah. when that's happening. And that leads us nicely to Sad Sonko. Okay. <laughs> so
0: um yeah, I I came across it I think there's a couple of some interviews that you've done which you were posting on online. Um and I yeah, came across those and watched a series of those short snippets. Um yeah. thought, yeah, this sounds quite interesting, and I liked the the background music to it and thought, right, let's let's give this a go. Um and yeah, it's it plays heavily on the sort of the, the rhythmical side of things, which I absolutely love. Um and it it seems like there's and I don't know if it's just for, for the slightly melancholy nature of it, but there's a there's a, it's it's got a r a semi-radiohead tint to it. Mm. Um not that it sounds anything like a Radiohead record, but it kinda has that that feel to it. But they're they, yeah, the sonically, even taking the lyrics out of it. Feels like you go on a bit of a journey with with most of those songs. Um, is that is that something? Have I just created that for myself? And I'm, I'm happy if that's the case.
1: Yeah, uh, I I haven't thought about it. I must admit, in that way, because um, uh, in I think when you're making records, certainly when you're doing it on your own, and yeah. uh, most mostly I did worth the last album, mm. pretty much completely on my own. Um, you play did you play everything uh, apart from a few bits of bass right. yes um the Very the guy good. the guy I normally work with on bass it, i could only there was only like one day when we could actually uh, both be in the same place right so, okay. uh, um, which was i mean, it 's kind of amusing to think about th- th- this is why it's sometimes it's hard to zoom out and kind of see a progression or a kind of artistic overview yeah because um like this day doing bass, it was like he arrived and I was like, okay, which which songs have you learn? And he's got this one, this one, this one, and we go through him. And I like, go, okay, uh, yeah, okay, we got the we've got the verse <laughs> onto the chorus, and and literally it was kind of down to the wire. He's like, I've got to go in ten minutes. It's like let's just try and get the end of this one song. And he's like, no, no not that note, do this instead. Yeah, oh my god, and it's all right. I'll edit it together once you go, and it'll be fine. Bye. Sort of, um, <laughs> so you, you know, you're just trying to get it done, and yeah. Uh, um, make it sound good but um it's i mean it is the uh the the melancholy thing you know comes from my personality and, and maybe there was I, I was actually i was at school with radiohead i don't know if you oh, right. know no, that
0: i'd heard and i didn't know if it was true that were you some form of tour manager for radiohead at some point? no i was a
1: lighting designer oh, okay for, for the first kind of few years for right okay, um, yeah, Pablo yeah. Honey and that stuff
0: excellent Great album. And I'd,
1: I was I was in the band for a little while at school, right? Um, or just after school, actually. Um, when Phil was off uh, wooing the lady that's now his wife, who lives in um, time well spent. Though. He, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He lives in Ireland? Uh, and I, I was I was in a band with. Um, johnny at school and right. and he's you know we've just been friends forever ah, okay yeah. so maybe there was something so at maybe, the school that just made people melancholy and sad
0: yeah or well, you know you just, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i don't, I don't always really see it as maybe that's the feel of it but i don't always necessarily take that away from the songs i don't feel that they are sad songs in inherently just yeah they have, they have that kind of tone to it i guess the minor yeah absolutely <laughs> minor and dissonant course i, chords, I, I but, mean um,
1: the the name of the band is is yeah, yeah. kind of tongue-in-cheek but kind yeah. of not as well because um the the band i was in that that did quite well immediately before dive dive unbelievable truth though that the music was kind of slow and elegant and um seemed melancholy but the thing about it was it it was always kind of Hopeful. It was, it was never that kind of disappearing into a slouch Yeah. yeah. I'm going to slash my wrist. There was a, <laughs> there was a power to it, a power in that kind of, um, uh, a power in melancholy. Yeah. So, uh, and, um, that, you know, that I've, I carry that forward into Song Co. I think, because, yeah. um, that it was, it's my thing, you know, I, 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 I like that and it, it appeals to me.
0: No, absolutely, and it's yeah. They they like I say, they feel like they feel like journeys, on, um, and they it's it's refreshing. And maybe I've just kind of got a bit stuck in a in a mainstream music hole for a while potentially, um, but it's refreshing to hear songs that aren't just sort of three and a half minute radio friendly. You, yeah. you know, there's there's fair few songs where you just allow you allow things to develop more um and you know that's when i was writing more uh, sort of five six years ago um me and the guy i was writing with we we would do that often and people would sort of say you need to cut 30 seconds off here It's like, no i don't i don't want to cut 30 seconds off here i'm quite happy with this being a five and a half minute song that
1: yeah yeah i mean it's been great
0: you you have to to listen
1: to musical instincts you know you, you listen to the song and let the song do what it wants to do and if 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 it's the kind of song that wants to be three and a half minutes long, and, and there are yeah, a yeah. couple of them on the record yeah. as well, that you know, they, they, you start writing them and it's like, this is kind of a pop tune and, you know, we're going to yeah. go, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, chorus, chorus, end. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think people get stuck in that kind of rut too often that, you know, yeah. they've written a verse and, you know, it's kind of, okay, D, uh, cool, let's go up to an A and then we've got a chorus yeah. and then down to a B B minor and we're in the middle eight and then we're done. And it's like, it feels like you're not listening to the song, that the song is kind of suggesting where else you can go. And, and that's not necessarily a, a prog rock thing. Um, no. Because I, I love, if you look, even some of the kind of Beatles stuff, you know, which people regard as classic songwriting or the bits of Abba, mm. there, there's things where structurally, you know, it feels so natural because you've heard them a, a million times and they're brilliantly written. Yeah. But when you try and actually boil it down structurally, it, you go, hang on a minute, they go verse, chorus, then a kind of middle eight, and then they do half of a, half of a chorus and then they do this really long bridge and then there's yeah. a chorus at the end. And you, as soon as you kind of sit down... Yeah, and when you analyze that, it, you there's... go, whoa... Um, Elvis Costello the same and um oh you know, having mentioned Reuben Return yeah. of the Jedi. There's, yes. There, there's, yeah. there's a great song that kind of has a structure that that tells a story, you know, the the, the um i am not gonna presume to have known what Jamie was thinking about when he no. wrote it, but uh, it's, there's there's a there's a flow to the lyrics that the music Follows yeah. rather than just going. This is going to be told in verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, end. Um, and another drummer, though, that. as
0: well. I believe that Jamie has has some tendencies towards thinking about stuff from a drummer's point of view as mm. well. Mm. So that that may, but maybe, we're kind of where that comes from as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, quite possibly. I'd, one of the tours. Um, I can't remember if it was if we toured more than once with Ruben because we knew Ruben quite well. Tarrant, the yeah. bass player tour managed Ruben oh
0: right okay so, right
1: and so. I did lights for them a couple of times um but uh, there was there was one tour when a band called Caretaker were right. supporting um uh I think Dive Dive were kind of middle of the bill. Caretaker were first right. on and Jamie was playing drums for Caretaker right okay um, oh, I particularly remember that because there's, there was uh, a gig in Peterborough where he Broke uh, kick drum skin um, oh, mid show, right. and I swapped it out for him while he was still playing. Excellent. You know, kind of mid song, went and grabbed my bass drum, pulled that one out, nice. and put it in, and uh, <laughs> that, that's the only time I've swapped a bass drum for somebody during a song. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. That's, that's great. Yeah, they, um,
0: I mean, I think is it is it a new proof rock? Doesn't have a chorus. Yeah, there, there you go. that's. I, that's, I remember. Uh, I must have listened to that song for four years before I realized that there's something about this song that yeah. I can't quite put my finger on. Yeah, it's
1: it's just, it, uh, it's I just mean, it's constantly soaring. <laughs> it kind of goes up and then it brings down for a moment and then goes up yeah, again. Yeah. And that's that's an example of listening to what the song wants to do instead yeah. of getting to a certain point and going, here's the chorus. No, absolutely. It's for such
0: a sing along song. Yeah. For, for, from an outsider's point of view, that is a, is, a, is a great, just. Yeah, it's it's not song to just
1: chant out. That 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 is one of the things that really kind of gets me in the in the feels as as (laughs) people younger than me say. (laughs) um, Doing Frank Turner for the kids is. Proof Rock is probably one of my favourite Frank Turner songs. um, And seeing, looking out and seeing people singing it, it's not like. There's an audience where everybody's kind of going rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb for the verse, and then goes here's the chorus. I know the yeah. chorus. <laughs> um, it's you know everybody knows every word of Proof Rock and sings yeah. it from beginning to end, and it's like that's quite a complex lyric it, yeah, yeah. to but to apply to memory. Frank doesn't even always get it right the whole time. <laughs> so, uh, but like you say, it's listening to listening to what the
0: song's doing. It's just big, just a big story. Yeah. So just yeah. It's, yeah. It's a it's a big list. So Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm down with lists. <laughs> <laughs> So, in terms of what one thing I haven't found, I saw that you did with, um sad song co did um Lost Evenings, yeah, live. How do you how does that work?
1: Uh, um, it's either just me or me and my bass playing lovely friend Jason if he can make it. Um, okay, uh, did he make it for Lost Evenings? I don't think he did make it for that Lost Evenings show. Um, so I I play piano and right and sing or play guitar and sing, okay. and uh, with with the album before we did play a few shows where I, we, we had some samples and stuff that would uh, happen as well. There was one in um, incredibly complicated way of doing this one song, which <laughs> made my brain melt where I was, I was kind of playing the piano and having to cover the guitar and piano parts with, with that while singing. And there was a loop for the first half. And at the end of the song, when recorded some real drums came in. Right. And I had a sample of, the real kick drum on yeah. my left foot while I was kind of operating the piano pedals with my right <laughs> and Jason had the snare drum on a, on a pedal for, for him so we, at the end of the song I'm kind of doing okay left foot drums my hands are doing the piano and the guitar parts while the, that foot has, is doing that and then I need to be singing this other part as well <laughs> it, awesome. was, it was like if, if you've got a uh, CPU monitor on your yeah, computer yeah. it was at that point where it's getting up into the red <laughs> and it's like this thing's going to crash any yeah, second
0: yeah. Excellent. Almost taking it back to like one man band with yeah, stuff on your yeah, back. And absolutely. <laughs> symbols on your head. Brilliant. Yeah, That's, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, couldn't, I was trying to figure it out because I've listened to a lot recently uh, ahead of this, Um and just but couldn't find anything live that I could try and. Yeah, my...
1: I, I, I enjoyed just kind of pia- playing piano and seeing yeah. it's. Um, uh, you know, I've I've seen. Um, I, I'm I'm much. I always prefer seeing bands live there's yeah. uh, there's um quite often just a whole gig of one person playing one instrument and singing at you i think is quite dull and most of the um on co-gigs you know have been playing half an hour which yeah. i think is uh, half an hour 40 minutes that's an <laughs> ideal amount of time for uh, um one person with a with an instrument kind of shows yeah um but that said i have um I'm a huge fan of Ben Folds. I love Ben Folds yes. 5, but I've seen Ben Folds solo as well. And he's, right. he's very engaging. And, um, so, um, I've, I've done it. I, I know so many Ben Folds covers that I was just doing a different one at every, uh, Brilliant. every sad song co-show, yeah. um, which, you know, it was, uh, and that's the kind of way that I was thinking about it. It's, it's not, it, it's just a kind of acoustic version of the song that can communicate the emotion of it. It won't. Yeah. It won't give you the actual, real version. But. But that's recorded. Yeah, you can yeah. go and experience that. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, I've, um, very much, they're two separate entities for me with yeah. regards to recording and live music. Um, yeah. I don't want to go to a gig and hear the CD perfect. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've heard a few people recently on, on a few other podcasts talk about the fact that there's been a, a lot of people, um, bringing in backing tracks. Um, even like, harmonies on backing tracks that are quite complex, and you're just thinking, "Oh, in a minute, how much? Yeah. I'm now starting to doubt how much is actually being played. Yeah, and, and that's I, a big shame.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a balance to be made that this this album tour is the first time we've had some stuff on that's um, kind of not actually there. Happening, yeah, I'm fine which, with samples and stuff like that. I'm, yeah, i um, I'm I'd, I'm I'm always aware of the boundaries because um because i I'm, I'm fine with it as well I, I grew up with nxs and they you know yeah. they had drum yeah, yeah. machines and loops and stuff and oh, I, I really enjoyed that and there's somebody but, there that's yeah yeah i'm good with that that's but good but at the same time you know that we, we we've discussed it between ourselves that you know um what if if it's something that the people on stage can do mm. i'd always rather um i'd always rather that we do it rather than have yeah. have it on track you know even if it's not exactly like the record um to return to one of my desperately uncalled reference points um uh genesis back in the early 80s um had a hit in america with a song that wasn't a hit anywhere else okay unusually for them had a had a horn section on okay oh is this peter gabriel or phil collins? this is this phil collins era okay um and uh, a song called "No Reply at All," and it was it was big in America. So when they were on tour in America, they had to play it there. Yeah. And when you see them do it, they they had this great session guitarist, um, and basically he translates all of the horn parts onto guitar. Right. You know, and and they were yeah. they were playing arenas. They could have hired a horn yeah, session yeah. to come with them, but there's there's something I I find kind of beautifully contained and more exciting about the fact that it's like okay, it's the five of us. This is what the song sounds like. How are we going to make it work? Yeah kind of thing, you know, you, even though we recorded it with a horn section, you know, Daryl, you're not doing so much on this song, can you figure <laughs> out this stuff? And he's like, holy cow, this, this <laughs> is like a four-piece horn section, what am yeah, I, I've only got that many fingers, but you know, he does a great job and and yeah. uh, so I, I kind of prefer that kind of thing, like when we do little changes, there's horns yeah. on that and Ben takes all the horn lines on right. electric guitar and I'm like, it's it's cool, It's it, it's still the same song and, yes. um, and, and the same parts, but it's just the, the live version thereof.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, yeah, like I say, I, I love the fact that, that, that there can be huge differences between the two and it's still the same song. Yeah. And I, I mean, and, and with some of the, going back to the sleeping souls, the Frank Turner and sleeping souls stuff, I know that some of the songs have in fact sort of evolved throughout the years. What, what, and there's been new recordings released. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I find that fascinating that you get some bands yeah. where they, the song is done, and when it's recorded, that's the definitive version of it. And we'll do live versions, but that's it. But I like the fact that they seem to have continued to evolve and created new versions of themselves. Yeah,
1: I suppose. I mean, I I like the idea of definitive versions. I was I was thinking about this the other day that that I think um, is something I'm certainly often shooting for. I think it's what a lot of musicians are shooting for when you're in the studio is mm. to create that version of that song that that then is that song yeah, okay. it's like I, I i always think when when people think of dancing queen um, oh, yeah. they they don't think of the chords and the melody and right. you know and then you can do anything you, you know any old version will do is when when you say dancing queen to somebody they'll get this kind of oral image of the way the drums go, the, the yeah, slightly yeah. loping disco beat, and that strings part going, yeah. and then the piano goes, and and that is that's the kind of that's the holy grail I think for any song to produce a version like that that people can do versions of. Uh, dancing queen forevermore yeah that's yeah, yeah, quite that's right, the it. one when when somebody says dancing queen people go that's the i know yeah, exactly yeah. what that sounds like and that yeah. is that is it but that that said i mean you know we've we've done new versions of uh um uh glorious you i think the yeah. version that we put on songbook is is really nice of that and we've been playing the um the kind of rock version of Long Live the Queen for such a long time now that I almost forget what the other one sounds like. Because that that was from very early on. It was more trying to find balance in the set. Um, Yeah. Uh, also, Frank said that um, Lex, who the song was about, d- didn't like kind of uh, soft acoustic music, so we better do a rock version. But, <laughs> but also, we had we had yeah. there was back in the early days there was quite a lot of kind of Frank playing acoustic guitar and singing about sad stuff, and we needed some louder things just so you could cr- construct a longer set, an hour, yes. an hour's yeah, yeah. worth of stuff, set, which has, of set has dynamics in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and again, that's that's. Um, uh, rock and roll by led zeppelin it's the, yeah it's, i'm essentially doing the same drumming because <laughs> uh, frank said uh, let's do something loud uh, what can you play and i go i can play rock and roll by led zeppelin he goes, yeah, ever, yeah all right let's you? do that You yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> remember that time in leeds when, yeah. when uh, we
1: hatched <laughs> our plan to take over the world
0: <laughs> yeah is <laughs> how it went in my head um <laughs> so what what's the plan for for song co now you've so, sort of said that you've potentially got some more time off. Is
1: there, yeah. have you got
0: stuff in the, in the works?
1: I don't. Okay. Um, I don't know if, I don't know for sure if I'll come back to it. You know, if i I've, um, it's, it's kind of a weird position to be in. I, that I, I don't, I'm not, sorry, I'm not making much sense. No, it's no. terrible for a podcast. Somebody <laughs> starting lots of sentences and they're not finishing them. Um, I, I don't need to be uh, incredibly successful and famous, but I also find it um, disappointingly masturbatory just to make music that nobody yeah. nobody hears. And in terms of kind of um, success, uh, uh, Satson Co. was falling more into that second category right, for okay, me. Okay. And uh, and that, that doesn't inspire me inspire to inspire me to make yeah more at the moment I, I don't think okay so um but who knows once it's once I get a little bit bored and I'll start mucking about <laughs> on a piano and find something interesting and you never know you know it's, yeah. I'll suddenly get I I wasn't intending on making worth I'd, I'd made um in amber in 2016 and thought that would that would be it for another That's few it, years yeah. and then I wrote a few things and suddenly it was like well I got to finish all this now. <laughs> so, uh, that's, uh, you know, that was that was kind of how worth happened. That I got the, I kind of got the vibe for it. So, if that happens again, who knows? Yeah.
0: Okay. And and dive dive. Any any plans? Is there is there a possibility of, of
1: well that resurfacing? It's funny you should ask that, but we've we've got an album that's finished, a new album okay. that's completely finished and recorded and mixed and excellent. Um, uh, we've we've been discussing about how to put it out and when and um, stuff because uh, it, it's been finished for ages. We were recording at the same time as um, as we were doing "Be More Kind." Okay, um, right. Uh, and uh, it's 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 a similar kind of thing that I, I think all of us are really proud of it. The songs are great. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, I, I think it's one of our strongest records but just kind of it feels weird to put it out when jamie doesn't have time to to things properly anymore okay. He's got a proper job and we're quite often away with frank so we yeah. can't give it that kind of long-term work and also we're older and you know it's like who's really going to give a monkey's ass about a bunch of um middle-aged people putting out an album of post-hardcore that was hip in yeah. 2002. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'll definitely <laughs> um, come. So, we, you um, know, book yeah. a tour. I'll be there. <laughs> well, I, I think I think the idea is we're, we're going to just kind of put it out this year and maybe do one or two shows. Yeah. Um, and, and and that'll be that. But I think, you know, just get it into the open air and see what people think. I, mean, I, I, I like it. I think it's really great. Excellent, um, yeah. I know it's exciting to I've know that. that always been very proud of the Dive Dive stuff. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Ab- absolutely. It's it was one of those ones that, for me, the energy of the band was great. It was, it was one it, I, I never, managed, I never got to see Dive Dive live, oh, which that's a shame. I, yeah, which, so you have got to do the tour. <laughs> <laughs> just do just do one date in Yorkshire, um, <laughs> and but I had a few friends that had who who were initially sort of. Put me on to, to you guys, um, and they were they were hyped up about the live show, and then they said, "Yeah, give give the record, a listen, mate. It's it's great, but it doesn't it doesn't quite encapsulate it." And I was like, "No," because mm. when I listened to it yeah. for me, it jumped out. <laughs> right. it, it, I think the energy on the recordings is brilliant, so yeah, I, I'm kind of at a loss to try and figure out where that <laughs> where the extra <laughs> comes from. Um, yeah. and you know that, that's not always the case with see, with with you know, recordings that. Often I've I've got bands who I think are absolutely amazing, and then I listen to a recording and it's like yeah, that doesn't it, that isn't the same band for me. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah, I'm yeah. I'm already a fan of the of the recordings. So yeah.
1: Well, I mean that that does seem to be a theme because uh, you know there's like three three of the four members of dive diver and Frank's band. Yeah. That I've. I mean, if that's something to we've, go we've, by, we've, is, uh, yeah. I mean that that kind of energy that um, yeah. Ben and Tarrant put across on stage, it's I it's like yourself. that, but um, I'll come back but a little that. bit more. Uh, <laughs> But a little bit more because, yeah. you know, the music's a bit harder and faster. Yeah. But there's there's been a lot of people, and I kind of appreciate this, you know, who I've seen saying, you know, Frank Turner, he's, he's good on record, but you've got to see him live. It's absolutely yeah, yeah. amazing. So, you know, maybe this is our thing. that We've just never yeah. been able to capture it. Uh, in in recording I, I i i like the frank turner records i think we do capture stuff yeah but i'm just reporting what some other people have said no, absolutely. On yeah. no social it... media
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a very very reliable source um no I, I think there is a there is a difference between some of the recordings and and the live show and so as i said so there should be yeah. and maybe it's just that people prefer the the experience and being there, and it's it's very engaging. The a uh, and the Sleeping Soul show is, is very, very engaging. Um, and, um, and yeah, not to, to blow too much smoke up your ass, going back to that. <laughs> Again, there's no more room. I'm just, I'm just recalling it from you here. Um, I'm going to bring that into my vocabulary. Uh, but um, I can't remember what year. I'm going to say 2010, mm-hmm. but I might be well off. So. Okay. Um, my uh, my girlfriend's a huge huge fan as well of, of Frontone and Sleeping Souls um, I my favourite band as well Skunk Um she she was a big fan of Prodigy at, at the time um, mm-hmm. and Jack Johnson and she said we haven't been to a festival for many years, I want to go to, and enlisted those bands and I was just like well that's not going to be that <laughs> festival one not that's not going to exist I can't think where that would work where would you get Jack Johnson with the Prodigy, um, and uh, Hurricane Festival was uh, was the answer to that. Oh, really? Um, which which was actually as well. I was just because I was saying, well, if we're going to be ridiculous, let's chuck Biffy Clyro in and let's do this. And there there was the actually literally Googled that. And went, there you go. This year, Hurricane Festival, amazing. Um, and so yeah, so we packed up our stuff and and went to Germany. Um, and you were you personally were her highlight, really? um, Of that festival, <laughs> she well, found she you were. She, so, she was just like, she found you incredibly entertaining, and spent most of the set just watching you. Just, really, just like he's so animated, he's absolutely <laughs> loving this, and yeah. So, I was just
1: pretending. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well rehearsed. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. that was a, that was an amazing festival. Excellent, it was Excellent. A, a, a brilliant performance. So, yeah, there was loads. Of, the specials were also there, and then Hot Water Music, oh, Florence and the Machine, and uh, it was just I couldn't. Yeah, it was such a bizarre bizarre lineup that I couldn't believe existed, and actually was cheaper than us just going to download, including flights. Really? So, oh, well, yeah, fantastic! It really
1: out. worked out. Yeah, it's I the think that, that that might have been the year that if it was b- Biffy Clara, I don't think we got to see anybody because we were going back and forth to Germany because we were supporting Green Day in the UK and the right. way it fitted in, it yeah, was going between maybe. those shows yeah, the- between yeah. those shows and we were literally ricocheting yeah. back and forth from the yeah. UK to Germany. But I think, uh,
0: I think just a. a- reminisce slightly more. I think there was also like Coheed and Cambria and the Deftones. They were doing a tour together and they were on that festival and it just uh, it's, it's just, just the it was the, amazing. the planets aligned. It, it it really did. So um following that and uh I think I may have confused you at one point. We've actually briefly met once before. Have but we? I well kind of. Not really. So Forgive you Forgive me a, for not remembering. It's okay. I will. Um <laughs> <laughs> when doing this uh so it was New Year's Eve you did a New Year's Eve show in Darlington oh yeah I remember yeah. that yeah the and hub after the after your set um, me and my girlfriend were there and we were certainly worse for wear and we we clearly spent far too long trying to get your attention to take because it was the same year to tell you that you were the most um, <laughs> um, entertaining thing at Hurricane <laughs> and you were just like me? what? <laughs> Just, like, looking around as if, like, who are you even talking to? Um, and that was quite a reasonable response well, to it. Well, I,
1: I hope I wasn't dismissive. I remember the show, and I, I've, I certainly remember afterwards hanging out, and, you know, there was that area yeah. at the back, and I remember to, talking to loads of people. Forgive me for not no, specifically No, no you. Remember, you, were, you were,
0: we were it was thoroughly inappropriate. You were packing your stuff down, and we were just like, yeah. Nigel! <laughs> Nigel! <laughs> And just in our heads you know we'd come up to you and say hi Nigel yeah great show hello just yes you know. very yes great great Hurricane pleasure to meet Festival, you yeah. amazing <laughs> and uh that's clearly how that went down. yeah so, <laughs> so yeah uh thank you very much for many hours of F entertainment it's oh. um yeah <laughs> My awesome. pleasure. there we go so thanks very much for listening i hope you all enjoyed the episode please go and check out the various projects that Nigel has been involved with um as I said at the start, I really enjoyed chatting to him and, and I genuinely hope the Dive Dive tour happens in some form as I'd love to catch him live. Um, either way, though, I'm I'm really excited to hear the new album uh, and, and also looking forward to hearing Nigel's contribution and drumming on the next and future Frank Turner albums. Um, if Please, if you could share the podcast with anybody that you think would enjoy listening to such a thing leave reviews and such. As I've mentioned before, there's no money involved in the podcast, so the more people that I can show are listening, the the more chance I have of getting the guests that I would like to speak to. Um I pick each of these guests individually and they're all people that I'm interested to speak to. Um so yeah, everyone that I get I'm massively grateful and your help towards that would be appreciated. Um, my next guest is also a member of the Extra Mile family, as a few have been, and I'll be announcing them during the week. So keep an eye out on the, the Twitters, Facebook and Instagrams for that. But until then, yeah, thank you very much again for listening and good night.